0: Hello, I'm Ben Thompson, owner of Thompson & Terry Recruitment. I'm Mike Foster, the entrepreneur's mentor. And you are listening to an edited version of Get Radio's Business Brunch with Ben and Mike, uh, which airs every Sunday at 11am on DAB Digital Radio across Oxfordshire and online at
1: getradio.co.uk. And our show introduces you to local trusted experts, whilst we also talk about topics that you, the listeners, tell us is impacting on local businesses and their owners. For copyright
0: reasons, we cannot play the songs mentioned in the show. Uh, But for more info and business brunch related content, please do head over to getradio.co.uk. I definitely recommend it.
1: Get Radio's Business Brunch with Ben and Mike. Sponsored by We Do HR Support leave your hr to the experts so you can focus on what you do best
0: good morning this is get radio and welcome to the business brunch with better mike my name is ben thompson owner of thompson and terry recruitment and indeed the oxford business community network
1: And my name is Mike Foster, the Entrepreneur's Mentor. Now, each week we take a topic that you, the listeners, tell us that you would like us to explore in our round table with a local trusted expert or two. So on today's show, we look forward to welcoming our guest, who is Rebecca Bennett of the Solid Bar Company. So Ben, my usual question for you today is that we know when we're speaking to people in our networks that there's a real strong lean towards ethical products, but where does one start to create and develop such an idea? That's a great question, isn't it, Mike? Um, And I think it's a question that so many
0: of us probably Probably would have no idea how to answer. But I'm sure over the next hour, um, Rebecca's going to tell the story of the Solid Bar Company and talk about what is a really amazing product, but also um, some some ideas, some hints and tips that, that you could potentially implement yourself. This is The Business Brunch, Rebecca better Mike. We'll be welcoming Rebecca after this. Get ready! Welcome back to the business branch with Ben and Mike on Get Radio. And um, today uh we're really delighted to be joined by Rebecca Bennett of the Solid Bar Company. So welcome Rebecca. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us. Um so Rebecca, let's just start. Um, so please do tell the listeners um a little bit about yourself but also um the Solid Bar Company. Yes,
2: yeah, sure. Okay. So um obviously we're based in Oxfordshire. Um we make um personal care products that are waterless, plastic-free biodegradable, um, vegan, they're very light because they're solid um, and very concentrated. So they're long lasting. Um, we basically found that we had to make products that were better than liquid products because you know, you're know you basically using these ingredients, but you're adding 90% water, then you're putting it in your suitcase, so you're lugging it home. Mm. Um, and the way that we came up with that is we we sailed across the Atlantic um, on the 36 foot yacht and it was a bit of a disaster actually. And we had bottles that were flying about all over the place um, down in the bathroom that they call the head um, and just leaking everywhere. And so I just, that was kind of like the moment where I just saw, oh, it would be really nice to create something that's different. And this was, you know, a decade ago. So there was really nothing on the market at all mm-hmm. at the time. Um, and the good thing was, I guess, is that following that we when we lived in the caribbean we started with repellent bars and you know we were able to develop the bars to be um, resilient to climate of any type so you could travel anywhere on the planet with them so they're very hard and you know so we get sort of people in lapland or indonesia or whatever that take them everywhere and, and get mm-hmm. reviews from those um and what makes us different really is that we we follow the science that so we did a lot of hair science for example So you, you know you're not just putting a bit a bar of soap on your hair um so yeah um that's how it came about um back here in oxfordshire people do wonder why but um caribbean is not i mean there's a lot of mosquitoes there's a lot of cruise ships that come in so it's not everyone's paradise but it was a good place to start
0: absolutely no th- thank you so much for that intro and look forward to talking uh more about um y- yourself and indeed the business over the next hour um, but before that the most difficult question i'm sure that you're going to be asked this morning and um, based on your level of expertise is is your song choice and um, so so you have chosen a song for 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 the listeners this morning so what is your song choice and why have you picked it
2: um i chose the song with eric clapton and jeff beck um moon river i know it was ri- originally in breakfast at Tiffany's, um but jeff beck is such a good guitarist and you know he passed away last year it's one of those emotional songs and it is all also about, you know, sailing a bit, even though it's a river. Um and it was like two drifters off to see the world, which um okay, we're not drifters, we're it's more like a white knuckle ride. But you know, it had the nice sort of saily bit to it as well, and that sort of electric guitar thing and so that's why really Oxford Station
1: Get ready. Welcome back to the Business Brunch here with Ben and Mike on Get Radio. Now, before that song, chosen by Rebecca, you were listening to an introduction from her about her and her organisation company, the Solid Bar Company. And we're going to now explore a little bit further with Rebecca about the creation and development of an ethical product. So I think Rebecca a really good place, I guess, to start it's just to build on that introduction you, Matt, you gave us. And I'd like to explore that that concept a little bit deeper in terms of you know what truly inspired the idea in terms of it being ethical. Because I guess it could have been a product, but you went with an ethical product.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I wasn't always an ethical person, I have to say, because I worked in the city and it was very much sort of throw away. Get your lunch if you had lunch. Um, you know, everything wrapped in plastic um, convenience. Uh, so... When you live on a boat and we spent three years living on a boat and you see a lot of plastic in the ocean and stuff, it kind of does bother you quite a bit. And um, so that was really my drive, the plastic and the biodegradability of the product. So you get a lot of, um, you know, shampoos and things where they've got silicons in, dimethicone, cyclomethicone, things like that. So they're not 100% biodegradable. So those things get into our water systems. They're bad, toxic for the fish. Um, so that was a real starting point for the the eco journey i'd say
0: amazing and, and, and in terms of um i guess kind of the process of of creating um an ethical product so so at the start of the show you spoke spoke a lot about um about being vegan friendly and and about the packaging and and how concentrated like how what what is the process so, so i guess if you think back to point of concept to the point um that that now you the listener could could buy the product how what what is that journey
2: Um, it's a really difficult one, (laughs) very difficult journey. I wouldn't recommend it if you want to make really good products. I mean, like I said, we want them to be better than the liquid equivalent. Mm. So it's very easy. If you wanted to make a solid lotion bar, you would get a bunch of waxes, a bunch of oils, you know, you'd stick some citronella in it if you want it to be a repellent. Um, but really, if you want to make a really good lotion bar, you need emollients and, um, you know, things that make your hands feel like they haven't been just stuck in a a load of butter. With the hair care stuff particularly um there's a lot of science because you want a ph balanced bar so it's got to be between five and seven which would be every shampoo on the planet and every hair salon so soap has a very much higher ph for example it with sodium hydroxide which is what which is called lye which makes the oils into soap it creates a bar that has a ph of 9 or 11 which actually Science shows going back to the seventies um, that that will actually weaken your hair damage and damage and cause permanent damage, breaking it, and also leave a film on in sort of hard water areas. So that was the first thing. Is or probably one of the most difficult things has been our hair care range. I mean, we've won seven awards now, but and we actually beat three hundred and fifty liquid shampoos and conditioners in the top Santier awards in twenty twenty one. Um, including some of the really big names who've got amazing labs, I'm sure. Um, But that has been a long journey um, to do that. Basically, with a shampoo bar, you do need the foaming. You need the anionic surfactants, which will be pH balanced, as I said. So soap is a surfactant, but obviously it's too high, the pH. So you need to get um, a mix of, of anionic surfactants that are lower in pH, or you have to put something in to adjust them down, something like citric acid, um, and it's quite challenging with a with a hard bar because you need it to, at the end, be hard. <laughs> you need to be able to throw it against the wall. Um, you know, so it can travel anywhere. If it's too soft, then people are gonna complain and it's not gonna last long. Um, so yes, anionic surfactants. Then you need cationic polymers, which are proteins and vitamins, things in, that your hair really likes. And so you have this balance in the end where you've got the foaming properties with the conditioning properties, so that it cleans with the foaming, all the oil and grease will wash it away, just like in the washing machine with your dishwasher, you know, with your with your laundry powder. Um, but then you want it to feel soft, shiny and manageable. So there's a balance with that. And that took a very long time to do. I mean, my two-in-one bars um, probably took, I think it was 39 adjustments. So you adjust it wow. by one gram because you've got no water to play with. Um, so it's that sort of i mean there's nowhere when i started and even now you know there's not a lot of places that you can go on the internet for example to have a look and then you look at ingredients of a shampoo bar for example and you think oh no it's a soap bar so was made a soap bar and that's going to just um give someone really bad hair and then they're just going to go back to liquid shampoos and conditioners mm. with the conditioner bars um you need Um, cationic ingredients so not just a load of butters and oils which again you see in the bars with wax Um, that's just going to moisturize but it's not going to condition the cationic ingredients are actually going to close the hair shaft and actually protect it give you we have like anti-static anti-frizz ingredients in there um, better sort of combing ability Um, so it's it is really really complex in fact if I'd known how bad it was going to be I'm not sure I would have started it but um, that's And that's really, you know, with a small business, having to support yourself while you're doing all this, um, you know, research. And you do get a bit of a grant back from the government. I did for that. But, um, you know, it was a lot of months of my time, again, with the face bar, again, with the magnesium deodorant, trying to get it to push up in the tube with a probiotic. I mean, no one wants bad hair to save the planet. That is for sure. And no one wants to smell to, to save the planet. It's just people aren't going to put up with that. You know, I wouldn't. So that's why, you know, I spent all this time doing it.
1: So I just want to explore that Elena, a bit further in terms of the, the R and D journey. Um, like you say, could be a challenge for a lot of people and you, you sort of questioned that journey if you if you knew what you were going to go into. So, so tell us about the resilience and the attitude you had to have towards that to sort of like go through that journey and, and come out the other end with the product that you've got.
2: Um, I think I'm quite determined anyway. I spent 10 years working in the city as a trader and um, I kind of don't give up dog with a bone type attitude. Um, so... I just did as much research as I could online, which wasn't a lot. I did find a good scientist in Canada and we were living in the States at the time. Um, And then obviously when we lived on a desert island, (laughs) we only had a boat once a week to get the products in. So that's why it kind of took longer as well to to try everything because I'd have to wait another week for the product to turn up. And I'm pretty surprised they even sent the lie because it's kind of got this skeleton thing on the box and if it comes in contact with water, it can actually explode. And when you mix it, that's one of the things that you have to to remember, (laughs) which I've got written for my employees on the wall. Um, So, yeah, so the whole thing was months and months of trying out the products and thinking no it's not hard enough no it's foaming no it's too conditioning and it's not foaming enough I mean my kids had sometimes my son who's now 10 had you know I would just he's got very thick curly hair and I just wash different parts of his hair while he was in the bath and sort of rinse and see which one looked <laughs> you know good and what was going on with it so I had um, my kids as my sort of guinea pigs and my husband as well really um whether they liked it or not Um so I mean, when we lived in the States and the Caribbean Island, the first product was the repellent bar, which has 12 active ingredients, but we did get bitten for two years to get that right. We were to send the kids out (laughs) onto the beach. And um, and so obviously very quickly, we uh, also have an after bite relief, (laughs) which is also good for, um, and bites and stinging nettles and things now. So it's good in the UK. Um, And we sold so many repellent bars in the end it's not it has no citronella in it at all, because citronella is only good on your skin for 19 minutes and then it's gone. So it's fine in a candle that can burn all day, but you actually need a lot of other ingredients. And again, I paid for quite a lot of research in the States to get the best essential oils. And to that we added something called PMD, which is actually used by the military. You know, so it's a very concentrated bar. Obviously, when we came to the UK, we had to really extend our range. Um, And so I did balms and things. And my background after the city was in horticulture. So we grow a lot of herbs for our balms. And we had to sort of adjust the market, you know, the smells as well, the scents. in the Caribbean, it's a bit like when you put aftershave on or perfume that it just disappears, um, evaporates very quick. So you need much stronger smelling. You know, lemongrass is great. Citrus stuff has just gone in five minutes. Whereas in the UK, people love orange. You know, they love more of the citrus stuff. Um, so then we wanted stuff that was, uh, quite unisex so that were, um, you know, woodland musky scents as well as a sort of minty lime, but all natural, completely natural. So again, you're working with a smaller number of products. So yeah, each, each product because it's solid was a lot of work to just trial and error. And I, you know, having spoken to scientists now, they're quite amazed I managed to do it. I'm quite amazed because I don't really even have a chemistry background. Um, I just was persistent. (laughs) Don't recommend it to anyone.
0: (laughs) Amazing, amazing. Um, Rebecca, thanks so much for your thoughts so far. We'll continue the conversation
1: after this. Introducing you to local trusted experts this is the Business Brunch Podcast, sponsored by We Do HR Support. Leave your HR to the experts so you can focus on what you do best. Welcome back to the Business
0: Approach with Ben and Mike um, on Get Radio. And today, really, really delighted uh, to be joined um, to tell the story um, of the Solid Bar Company, um, which if you haven't tried Rebecca's products, well, I definitely def- definitely recommend checking, checking out. Um, so so rebecca something you touched on earlier and and i think mike and i just listened to you just for a short period of time can absolutely see why is that you won seven awards and, and and won awards against some some big brands um can you can you talk to to those listening at home really about how did the awards come about how how easy or or indeed difficult was the application process and and have you seen any benefits from winning those awards
2: yeah, I would definitely re- recommend any small company to get involved in awards. I didn't really think about it until I heard um, at a business meeting a lady that sort of specializes in helping companies get awards. And she was just talk- talking about how important it is just to enter awards of any kind. So I thought, well, she was right. If you don't enter, then you've got no chance of winning. Um, so what have you really got to lose? Because it do not cost that much to go into it. Um, so you send off half a dozen products and I don't know, a couple hundred quid and um, you know, you've really got a chance of winning. If you don't win, you don't really have to tell anyone either. Um, luckily most of the awards I think pretty much I've gone into I've I've won, um, including four gold, I think as well. Um so I definitely would recommend that to to small businesses particularly, because it it certainly has helped because obviously then they'll do the social media for you um it's going to help your your website rating and you can talk about it you know um so yeah good idea
1: Brilliant. well i love the fact that your family were your guinea pigs um happened to me as well my wife i was the guinea pig for her business but luckily for me it was a cupcake business rather than uh, a product like that so <laughs> that's why Don't i love look myself fat
2: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: but the bit, the bit i wanted to explore a bit further on testing i guess you know you've got some some credibility claims that I guess is a tested process to be able to support those claims. You know, in terms of things like 100% vegan, biodegradable, palm, palm oil free, plastic free, etc. So, so, tell us a bit more about that process so, so that those claims don't get challenged 24 seven. Because that would be a, a tiring process, wouldn't it? Uh,
2: yeah, um, certainly. The, the biodegradable thing was fairly easy to do, um, as I said. With the silicon, that was the difficult thing. Um, so I should actually step back one. Going to vegan, I started off with like beeswax. So I moved to to rice bran wax, for example. Um, I had a silk protein and I, I switched that to oat protein because I, I didn't realize, but it was like a worm mm-hmm. protein. Because I, I, so, you know, so if it's not food and it's beauty, it's sort of quite easy to move to vegan, I would say. I'm not a vegan as in my diet. I've tried that with a family. We didn't succeed. Um, I'm, you know, we have an allotment and I'm sort of more, wary of trying to be vegan. I guess I'm kind of quite vegetarian, but not 100%. But with a beauty company, you know, it was quite easy to make that vegan and that's then opens up a whole nother market. The biodegradable thing with the silicons, like I said, I found an American company. that did silicon alternatives. So there's very few companies globally for the hair care industry that offer um, an alternative in green that I could use in an anhydrous product, for example, and obviously way more expensive, but you know, you're using quite a small percentage. And then I, it was important to me with the boat and stuff to be 100% biodegradable. Um, and then from there, I wanted everything to be palm oil free. And that was the most difficult thing ever um because palm oil isn't everything and it there's no such thing as you know responsible palm oil and having worked i was out in the rainforest years ago um after i left the city and studied horticulture i spent quite a lot of time in peru with the indigenous people and you could hear the chainsaws going all the time for the the areas that we're clearing for for the palm oil it didn't really matter if it was rspo palm oil or you know So I I wanted to do that, but I knew that that was going to be probably the most difficult thing, and it definitely was. So what we ended up doing is the the U.S. and U.K. companies, the global suppliers, which I said there's very few of for these type of ingredients in the world, they wouldn't do it without palm oil. So I ended up going to a company in China, and they would do it for me without the palm oil. They would do it custom-made. So I kind of had to weigh up, okay, I'm getting it from Asia, or do I get it from the you know US and UK and it's got palm oil in and so um, that's what I did and I travelled around China you know the people are really nice um, and I just thought if they can help that would be great um, so they I've got about three or four main quite big products um, the ingredients that are custom made through them at the moment until the European market decides that they don't want to use palm oil. I mean, I think it's a shame when you do see these bigger companies saying that they'd like to move away from palm oil, but they can't because they can. And it doesn't have to cost loads more. You know, their products, I can see with their margins, they're probably better than mine. It's just one of those things that they pretend they can't do, I think. Um, But yeah, so the palm oil thing was the last thing um, that I did. And then, obviously, the packaging is quite easy because you've got a solid product, so you can use cardboard, FSC-certified. We have travel tins. We have just sort of um, launched a repurposing of our three-in-one bars for the hotels um, so that they can actually send back the bars to us if they've been lightly used. And we can sort of remelt them, send them off to be batch tested at a lab, and then resend them back to the hotel so that they can be zero waste. And that was a sort of 3 a.m. idea a few months ago because a lot of hotels just send their um, soaps to Africa. They don't, and actually, because ours are not soaps, they're just very expensive, really nice salon ingredients. We did think, well, how can we, um, you know, it's such a waste to have a bar. That's been our problem with it being so concentrated. You can't have it so tiny because blokes in hotels just, you know, they wouldn't be able to hold them in their hands. Um, So we just thought, what what can we do? And that was, um, you know, just a no-brainer really um i think 70 million bars have gone to africa that have added disinfectant to them and stuff they probably don't want our soaps anymore they probably i think you be better off set, setting up a factory there they've got butter. they've got some really nice ingredients there and i just thought um you know let's send them back to the hotels they're under huge pressure on the zero waste mm-hmm. side um you know i was quite surprised i met one of the general managers of a hotel in oxford um last week and you kind of just forget it's a bit like a house he's got to sort out zero waste with the kitchen and the chefs with the bathroom with the earplugs in the drawer you know i'm just sort of doing the bathroom stuff um so that sort of really appealed to him as an idea because I can then send them back, you know, repurpose because we've got such a good preservative system nowadays with these types of products. It, already you could wash my, my bar your hair with my bath 60 times and it's never going to grow any bacteria or yeast. I've never seen that, you know, in the 10 years. Um, so why not repurpose them and send them back 30% cheaper as well?
0: It, uh, w- one of the things that i think is, is is a underrated phrase in business it is is the win-win-win uh when ev- every party involved is, is winning and that that really sounds like a great example of that um rebecca i'm just keen to explore um why people buy from you um i, I think i think throughout the show I, I i think um all of the listeners at home will agree that there's lots and lots of reasons but i think in some of our conversations you know there there could be the reason that actually if you're if you're going away for the weekend to take one bar that that can do all three it, it does make sense um there there are definitely the ethical reasons but also it's a really nice high quality product so i guess if you were to rank why your customers buy from you like what what, what do you see as being kind of the biggest reasons or is there a particular trend in the feedback that you're getting
2: um firstly it's because i'm amazing just
0: <laughs> kidding <laughs> of course um, no
2: um I mean, my see, when my husband did a sort of um, my looked at my customer base and did a review. It seemed like everyone. He said, "Well, they're pretty much you, you know, sort of middle aged and female, and you know, like sort of nice, niceish things, not too expensive." Um, so a lot of women do buy from me. I have to say that, and seventy percent of our our products that we sell are are the shampoos and conditioners. Um, Yes, they are really handy. If we go on holiday, we can take just one bar with us. I mean, obviously, you know, with the same family, we don't mind using the same bar. Um, so we can just take one of our three-in-one, which is a two-in-one on our website. Um, so that's We have a three-in-one for the hotels as, as we brand it because there's no point in having a separate soap bar. Um, but literally, you've got one tin. Um, and that makes life so easy because I think when women go away particularly, you don't – I used to always take my own – personal care products with me, especially shampoo and conditioner, cause you don't want to be using a bad hotel product. And I think hotels don't want to spend too much on that product cause they know it's this, they could still get a five star review and have a really bad shampoo in the room. But at the same time, um, they're looking at the, the zero waste thing, um, a lot of women tell me that people have allergies and things. So if it's too cheap, um, when I was saying about the anionic surfactants, if the molecules are quite small, they get into your scalp and they'll sort of cause rashes and things. Which is the some of the SLS you see that around sodium laurel sulfate. Some of the bigger companies that use those ingredients. So people with seem to have a lot more allergies now with eczema, and they're sort of more uh, sent, They have more sensitive skin. Um, so the fact that I the fact that they're waterless, they're well priced. We try to be competitive. I make them with a lot of care, so everything has been thought. Every ingredient in there, whatever it is for the muscle balm or you know the the, the deodorant, everything has its job to do. Um, so everything's been well researched. And then I spend half the half the week really um, growing quite a lot of stuff, which I really enjoy. So I try and have this kind of balance. It doesn't always work, but um, So, you know, all that thought and all those ingredients, trying to be local, um, is all going into the product. Um, And so I think if you're honest about it, you know, we have quite a good story of how we set up. I think people appreciate that. Um, Then, I mean, every week I'm asked for my... Ingredients. I'm asked where I get them, you know. And my have a friend whose husband, who's a a a lawyer, who you know, who went through the IP with me, and he's like, you know, don't tell anyone. This is really (laughs) important. Um, So I'm obviously doing something right. And and you know, it is still hard. It's it's a very difficult economy at the moment. If you're a small business, that's for sure. You can win lots of awards. You can have great packaging, and that's another thing I learned that your packaging has to be as good as your product because you can have a great product if your packaging is a bit rubbish it you're not going to get anywhere um mm-hmm. so you know we spent quite a lot of time on our packaging particularly when we came back to the uk because in the caribbean it looked really bright and colorful here it looked like a sort of sweet shop toddler thing um so we we went for the gray slate thing with a welsh guy and i think subconsciously he was thinking slate Um but yeah so the packaging um you know is very important too and anything like the awards, I said, anything that you can do to make yourself stand out. I mean, we've just um, hooked up with a ex-Olympic sailor and we've just this weekend and last weekend done um, nearly 90 prizes for the Royal Thames Sailing Club. Um, and I sort of met him on LinkedIn and you know but that was another whole avenue i don't even know why i didn't even think about sailing before considering that was how we sort of started it all but i thought actually i should just mention this to a few sailors because these are really good products for them um you know even repellents in the marinas out there if they're traveling around the world um so you know there's so many avenues that we have been able to go down we do a dog shampoo which is a deodorizer as well um you know coarse repellent so the the repellent that we do we do an equine version of it which is exactly the same because I gave it to someone when I came back and she said oh the horses were great they didn't get any flies on them and I said oh it was meant to be for you um but I thought well actually there's another product and then someone actually was saying oh you should do them for camels and then people with my balms are saying oh you should do them for dead people and I you know that I haven't even explored those (laughs) camel dead people but you know there's so many avenues that we've been able to go down just from having natural products and you know I guess it's trendy but it is also really nice for you on your skin and and the stuff that I don't um make and sell I have quite a lot of YouTube videos you know so people can make their own face cream because I didn't really want to be a beauty company because I think that's you know then people want sort of combination lotions and different scents and and it's a bit boring I kind of like stuff that does what it says on the tin where it's a muscle balm the repellent that you know having nice hair the deodorant um you know, so, yeah, I don't know what the
1: question was, but. it's <laughs> a good answer, though. <laughs> really, well, again, thank you, Rebecca, so far for, for your thoughts around the creation and development of an ethical product. Um, we continue the conversation after this. The Business Brunch with Ben and Mike. Sponsored by We Do HR Support. Leave your HR to the experts so you can focus on what you do best. Welcome back to the Business Brunch with Ben and Mike here on Get Radio. Uh, Today, we're talking to Rebecca from the Solid Bar Company about the development and creation of an ethical product. And before that break, we were just sort of starting to explore some of the things around the the marketing um, of a a product. And certainly from my perspective, I see with the work that I do with the students at Oxford, Brooks, it's the sustainable and the ethical messaging is, is huge nowadays, you know, that's the sort of businesses that they want to start. I want to just explore another sort of change perhaps in the business, which is it appears by what I've heard and researched on your website is that it was really a, a a consumer brand to start with Um, and then you've obviously gone to businesses like hotels and now it looks like you've um, exploring the wholesale world in terms of offering that for wholesale so how has the business changed in terms of price points and making sure you've got economies of growth if you like to be able to accommodate those market changes
2: um, yes, our focus when we came back to the UK was on the website really, and then sort of slowly building up the wholesale side. We did quite a lot of wholesale from the Caribbean. We we're quite lucky because of the cruise ships. There's a lot of stores there that wanted product for Americans coming in. Sometimes we'd have seven cruise ships a day um, between sort of November and April, which is high season there. Um, and then when we came back to the UK, we we really built the website and really just had to start from scratch and then, you know, change some of the products and um, change them to meet meet the consumer's needs that we thought. Um, but I think at first the wholesale business represented, you know, a quarter of the business. Now it's probably 70% and I haven't done the figures for the last few months, but, you know, it's really changed. Um, but I think, well, I suppose a lot of our stores, I think there's about 40 refill stores in the UK that we um, supply as well as um, a couple in Europe, so mainly in the UK. We have a US website as well, um, and we have sent a few um, wholesale orders over there, But and we haven't really done a lot of marketing for that. Um, there's obviously been a couple of wholesale platforms that have come about in the last couple of years that are run by Silicon Valley and Lacoste, so they've put a huge amount of money... I think it's really more of a data collecting um place but it has allowed suppliers to contact us get quite a big voucher discount voucher that they cover and they give them 60 days to pay which we can't really do um so that's really increased the wholesale exposure quite a bit um but otherwise we would just go to whatever avenue seems to sort of pop up <laughs> There's no, been no rhyme or reason as to you know why sailing now or you know the hotel thing in the middle of the summer was i don't know you know it's been very evolving um so yeah that does that answer the question
0: absolutely absolutely um so so one of the things that, that i i think mike and i've i've seen seen on this show um and also i guess like if you're watching you know programs like dragon's den or, or whatever else is is always sometimes the most important word can be to say no um in running in running your business, have have you had that? I guess big retailer that has approached you, and actually the margins aren't quite there, or has there been that kind of business opportunity that you've had to say no to? Um, and 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 what was and what were the challenges around that? And what was that? I guess kind of journey, really.
2: Yeah, um, I did. I've had quite a few talks with potential investors. Um, one was right before COVID, and then I really didn't hear from him again. So I think that was just the whole COVID thing. Um, I did turn down Heather Mills a couple of years ago. I just Her contract was just something I couldn't sign um, mm. through her lawyer. My lawyer couldn't agree and said, look, you really can't sign that. So we just couldn't come to an agreement. Um, I did go down to the BBC for Dragon's Den and... Um, and it is, it's quite weird because they really only give you like 24 hours notice. I was trying to sort of do this pitch on the train on the way down. And I was um, working half the week in the council. So it's kind of like up and down in the corridor trying to work out um, what to say. And I, and I did a good pitch and stuff. It's just um, the people that they send in, they're really young. I mean, they look about 13 years old. So I kept thinking, where's the adult? And one of them is like, oh, my mum would really like this stuff. And so you're recording... Um, with these guys. And then they said, oh, you know, if you're successful, we'll let you know. That was near the beginning. So my sales weren't brilliant, but I thought, you know, it's a good idea and whatever. Um, And then they did ring me up and they said that there was another person that had slightly higher sales than me. And if I was going to, if I could pitch again for the next season. Mm. And then I didn't actually get around to doing that. When I watched the show, they all kind of looked quite miserable. And I just thought, do I really want one of them running my company? And I'd have to give away a lot of equity. At the time and i'd have to stand there and say yeah i know i haven't done a lot of sales and so i just thought mm, i don't think this is right and then obviously all the COVID hit and stuff and you know the the market changed quite a bit um so yes i am open to investors and stuff i mean i obviously worked in the city so being around and i worked in mergers and acquisitions and arbitrage so um i was very used to equity and values of companies and that sort of thing. Um, so I'm always open to it. I just don't feel that the right partner has come along. And I do feel that with the economy as it is at the moment, you could really spend quite a lot on marketing and really not get a good return. I mean, we mm-hmm. spent quite a lot on our SEO for our website and I think that's been good. We've got a very healthy website, but people are really feeling the pinch. And you know, at the moment, perhaps it isn't the right time to have this you know, massive investment on the marketing side. Mm-hmm.
1: Another thing I'd like to explore for our listeners is logistics. It reminds me of a conversation we had a few weeks back now with uh, Business of the Year, um, the Ops of Business Awards, Business of the Year, DASCA Logistics, who are an eco-logistics business. Tell us how you manage logistics. I'm sure that must be a headache of, of a small business like your own.
2: I just get my husband to do it, to be honest. <laughs> so he has a headache. Um Yeah, he he does actually. He's very sort of, um, not OCD, but, you know, he's very good at packing the stuff up and sending it because we we started doing the Mandarin Hotels. We sent quite a bit to even Macau and um, the Middle East, um, quite a bit to the States. And obviously with our website there, we're we're sending stuff. Um, When it's UK orders, it's not so bad and there's quite a few different options. It's just more, you know, international stuff. Um, So he will do, he'll come in and do... um, all those orders. So we'll make them and set them all out and he'll kind of scramble around and find, because obviously we can't have a set box size because people just order different amounts of different shapes and sizes of things. Um, With our customer website orders, we kind of send out two or three times a week. We do that ourselves still. It's quite nice to do it yourself because we always put in a free gift and it depending on what they bought, we try and match up um the free gift and you know, we, we kind of have to stamp the outside with a nice picture. Um my husband doesn't get it at all, but we get it. <laughs> um it's just that personal touch of, you know, um but there is actually a local guy. Um what if we did have more customer orders and I felt confident that they Um, have a warehouse and they will send out and they've got eco-packaging, which is quite important because obviously we don't use any plastic at all and uh, the Mandarin Hotel won't accept any sort of bubble wrap anyway or anything. So that's becoming more of a thing. Um, I think we're quite lucky with Royal Mail, I have to say. That's who we use a lot. And um, when we lived in the States, um, when we lived in the US Virgin Islands, we we use the equivalent there, USPS, and they actually have like a free – well, not free, but they have a local rate from – the Virgin Islands to the mainland and we sold our products. I think it was in 48 States or something. So, you know, they, they did all of that and it was reasonably priced and very rarely things get lost in the, in the mail. Um, now and then the UPS have lost a couple of things and they've got squashed and come back six months later, but you know, on the whole 99% have been brilliant. So I think the logistics, I, I guess if we had glass bottles and liquid, it might be a different story, but because everything's so solid and, um, easy you know and square (laughs) the boxes are square then it's then it's been easy for us
0: amazing amazing and um, Rebecca, thanks so much um, for for all of the insight that you've shared. Um, we are starting to come towards towards, I guess, kind of the latter part of the show. And um, um, one of the things I'm just really keen to, I guess, kind of touch on a little bit is, is the future. And um, so, so what is the future of the solid bar company? And um, and yeah, what 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 things should those listeners following you expect to see in in the coming months and years?
2: I don't even know what's going on next week, to be honest. Um, <laughs> uh, it's really difficult, isn't it? I think it's it's a day-by-day thing at the moment because of how the markets are and just seeing where we can make money, where people need our product. Um, you know, there is, for us, it is a very global product. It's, it's how we like to, because we've traveled a lot anyway. Um, it's always been more than just the UK. So we're always open to expansion in any area you know we have sent product to the seychelles before um you know if if we can get it somewhere then we will and the fact that you don't even have to recycle anything you can it's all compostable and it's all going to just disappear is really nice because you know in the virgin islands the recycling center was the size of a second you know like a suburban garage that sort of thing um so it it's, they are good products that will last and will not um, deteriorate in any climate. So I can't say where the company's going to be. I think I had all these ideas three years ago, but that was sort of pre, I think it's different now, you know, and so I wouldn't want to really say, um, every week is different, <laughs> uh, so watch this space. It's all I can say really
1: i think we certainly will i think we've been intrigued by your journey so far just to share one last thing then with our listeners today about creating and developing an ethical product what would be your top tip
2: um i'd say don't do it unless you've got really a lot of patience a lot of um a lot of time on your hands and yeah patient husband um it's it's I think the problem is, and I don't want to be negative, but you know, ingredients are prices are increasing a lot. And because of the time it takes to get a really nice product, you do have to financially make sure that you can support yourself through that, you know, don't give up. There's so many, there's a lot of YouTube videos and things that you can start with. There's a lot of things where you can make your household cleaner at home. Um, You know, I make it for the gym here and get a sort of reduced rate. So. There's lots of stuff that you can probably do very easily without realizing until you sort of look into it and think, oh, actually, um, I can probably make that, you know, look at the ingredients and, and you know, whether it's in the bathroom or the kitchen or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's difficult. You've just got to be patient and really want to do it.
0: <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. and um- Hats off, hats off to you. It's it's been yeah, it's been such an incredible conversation. It's been really lovely hearing hearing about your story. And actually, um, I'd encourage those listening at home to check out your website and to to have a look at some of your products because they are yeah, really really good. Um, so so no, thank you for that. Um, but unfortunately, we are at the end of the show and time has flown. And um, so thank you so much. Um to Rebecca Bennett of the Solid Bar Company for joining us on the business branch of Ben and Mike today and um, we're so grateful for your insight and your contribution to the discussion so thank you
2: thank you i should actually just say quickly that um i am writing a book at the moment it's like a memoir of the, the the atlantic crossing and how we sort of came up with the idea um just because it was so horrendous we actually lost our engine halfway across and we floated for 10 days on the most remote part of the planet which um has no airplanes going over it It has sharks and it's about three miles of sea below you um so watch out for that and that does give some tips and you know we'll we'll talk about the journey in there of um how we came about company. Fantastic <laughs>
1: extended top tips look forward to reading I've been listening to the Business Brunch with Ben and Mike here on Get Radio. For next week, we're talking to Paul Avins, um, and we're going to be talking about the seven-figure secrets that support business growth. Now, Paul's been with us before. He's a well-renowned business coach, and we know that he'll be sharing loads of great tips, thoughts, and also proven methods for growth. So don't miss that one next week. And finally, that reminder that you can catch the show on the radio each Sunday at 11 o'clock. Our podcast comes out. Um, via your favourite podcast platforms each Monday and the video format comes out on a Tuesday via Facebook or via the website of Get Radio. But for now, enjoy the rest of your Sunday and we'll see you next week.